Well, welcome to episode 45 of Three Point Podcast. Three guys, three generations, three hot takes. I'm baby boomer Ted Fatel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 Radio. On the phone is Gen Xer Matt Burns of ESPN and our millennial Jared Fatel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. Our partners tonight include Rivals Tap House and Grill, Corona Public Schools, The Corona Connection, and our podcast studio, Z92.5 The Castle. Why not subscribe and give us a rating on Apple iTunes? You can also find us on SoundCloud or TuneIn. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 3PointPod. For this pod, we're going to talk college football, the NFL, and also get in some pop culture with my Bohemian Rhapsody review and our list of top five songs of all time. And, And by the way, boys... It is voting day as we record today. A lot in the news on that. In fact, uh, you know, college basketball officially starts tonight and uh, the big uh, Champions Classic in Indy, that's a, that's a good adversion there for all the coverage on the network uh, television stations with all the election, right? Yeah, the, the Champions Classic and the, the college football playoff rankings uh, this, this week is going to be announced, I think, at halftime of one of the games. So. So yeah, kind of kind of get away from the political stuff there for a little bit tonight. Yeah, let's start with college football. Another big weekend. The Wolverines won. The Spartans won. There's uh, all kinds of playoff implications with some of the other schools, including Alabama's pounding of LSU. Let's start there. Let's start with college football. How do you guys see this last weekend and how things are shaking off, shaking out as we head into November? My big takeaway: you got you guys noticed last week. You guys were 100 percent on the Michigan Kool-Aid. I, I was not. I have done a complete 180. Not only am I in on the Kool-Aid, I have shotgun the Kool-Aid. <laughs> and yes, did it take? Did I have to choke it down because I'm not very good at shotgunning beers? <laughs> but I, it's officially down. The Kool-Aid, the Michigan Maze Kool-Aid, is in my blood. Quick side note: Like, are you guys pretty good at like shotgunning beers? Like back in your college days? I was going to ask you about that. I, we used to. I mean, beer bonging was big, but when we would shotgun beers, it was just a classic. You know, smash a hole in the side and drink it. I feel like the thing now with you, you millennials, is smashing the can on your head and then shotgunning. <laughs> that all about? No, that is. I've always thought that, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I don't understand that. And people go vi- and, and and people keep doing it because it goes viral every time someone does it. And you know what? I've always noticed it's always kind of like a fat guy that does it. <laughs> like not that I'm fat shaming. But it's just, like, it's just always a fat guy. But how about you, Ted? Were you a good shotgun Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it, we definitely did that in our day. And like Matt said, it was poke the hole in the bottom of the can and snap the lid on the can and down it goes. That was, that was the extent. <laughs> Anyway, anyway uh, Dr. Blitz, he was completely in his bag. And by the way, you called that one. He was, he was on fire. Thank you. I actually did have it written down right here. To, this is exactly what it says. Pat myself on back. The over was never in doubt, or the under was never in doubt. So yes, thank you for that. I do deserve that. It, we saw that's exactly how we saw this game playing out. Michigan's defense is absolutely stifling them. We saw where all of Do, uh, Doctor Blitz's extra hours he had because he couldn't sleep for a year. We saw where those hours went. It went to put together a perfect game plan to absolutely shut down Penn State. Yeah, did you see how pissed he was at the end when they scored? I I love it. Inject that inject that rage into my veins. Although we won. The revenge tour continues. The revenge tour continues. <laughs> yes, and I've really warmed up to the whole revenge tour uh, spiel, man. I mean, it's it's getting intense as we head down the stretch. I mean, Harbaugh's calling timeouts. He's challenging calls at late in the game. I mean, 
you know, they're laying it on the table, and it's back to the Harbaugh that we remember back in the day. I mean, he's a little crazy. He's intense. I mean, it went all the way back to his playing days when he guaranteed a victory over Ohio State. It's just it's great to see this buzz again. Yeah, and it's, it's something that we haven't seen at Michigan for a while. I mean, kind of having that, that swagger, you know, because for a while, obviously, we went through a stretch and we just, just weren't very good. And then Harbaugh comes in, and there's all this hype. He's got the rap video. He's doing all this crazy recruiting stuff. But the results weren't there. So now we're seeing the results. And, I mean, you got you got a guy like Chase Winovich who's just leading the charge. You know, I, I think this, this team, it reminds me of a lot of last season's Michigan basketball team in that, you know, there is talent. There's a lot of talent, very well coached. And they just, the, the basketball team last year, they all seem to be like such good buddies. And, you know, they, they had fun. They had a ton of fun. There was a lot of cheering on the bench and everything. And then you had a guy like Mo Wagner that was leading the way. I feel like Chase Winovich is that, like, Mo Wagner of the football team. He's the, the leader, and he's just, like, this revenge tour thing. They were, like, mocking the Saquon Barkley touchdown celebration. They were mocking Trace McSorley's uh, baseball celebration. I mean, this is all stuff that, like, you haven't seen out of a Michigan team in a while with the results, you know, there might have been some cockiness, but they were going in seven and five or something like that. So to see this team with this attitude, I love it. And you know what? I mean, as long as they're winning, it's great. <laughs> and it's not it's not only the team that has this attitude, Matt. It's like, I think this is the first time in a long time, maybe since 1997, that all the Michigan fans are sort of, we're all like in sync. Like we're all in on the Kool-Aid. And, and not only are the fans, but like the stadium guys having a time, he's playing songs that Penn State's known for, like Sweet Caroline. Ted, I don't know if you know this one, Mo Bamba. Yeah. Very popular song. <laughs> but not, and then you got the players. I, I God, I love this team so much. You got Donovan Peoples-Jones after he scores a touchdown. I'm, and quick side note, I'm all the way in on Donovan Peoples-Jones. You gotta be. He's, he's, he's proven me wrong time and time again. And, and I'm not a big, he's, I'm, a, I'm the biggest Donovan Peoples-Jones fan there is. Shotgun for Patterson. Back to throw. Looking. He's rolling out to the right now. Looking. He's got a guy in the end zone. Scott! Touchdown! Peoples Jones! Michigan extends their lead! Yeah, well, I mean, he showed why he was recruited where he was. I mean, he, he's got the skill. But after he scored, he did the whole Saquon, uh, like, wave your arms to the, the to the sideline celebration. Then you got Chase Winovich doing the Trace McSorley uh, home run salute celebration. I loved it. <laughs> They're petty. And I love calling timeouts with three minutes left to try to hold them to zero. Because as you guys know, I do not like James Franklin. I actually was thinking about it. I think he's my least favorite coach in the entire Big Ten, more than Mark D'Antonio. It's crazy to think about Franklin. He's He's got the one Big Ten championship, and, you know, that's kind of what they're hanging his hat on, or hanging their hat on with, with Franklin. But overall, he's got a couple big wins. But overall, he hasn't, he hasn't won a ton of big games uh, with Penn State. I mean, He's. I think this is the third season that he's gone 0-3 versus Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. So, I mean, if, I remember before the season people were talking about this Penn State game was a huge game for Harbaugh, and, you know, he's got to win this big game, and he's got to beat Penn State. But I was always thinking, like, he's at, before the season he was 2-1 and against Franklin, and that year that Penn State won the Big Ten, Michigan beat him 49-10. to So it's not, like, it's not like Franklin has been a thorn in Harbaugh's side, and then we just – we just kicked their ass this past Saturday. So, like, overall, I mean, Franklin has a one big season, and other than that, he hasn't been all that great. You know, that was a beautiful thing we saw in Ann Arbor on Saturday, wasn't it? Did you guys see Jim Harbaugh's comments on how he, on his radio show, 
how he likes what the fans are doing with the lights in the stadium. Like, and he was a reference to the iPhone lights. Yes. When they shine them. And that's something that, did you see Harbaugh? He also commented how that's the first time he's really felt, it gave him chills, the fact that this stadium like was as alive as it was this past weekend. It goes back to, we've talked about it before, with the, the arrogant fans just sitting on their hands. Well, it's a whole different atmosphere this year for sure. Yeah, and it, it's something, again, I, I mean, I said it a few minutes ago, but it's stuff we haven't seen in a while. I mean, there's always been some hype, and, you know, Michigan always has, it seems like, maybe a little too much hype sometimes. But, like, the fans are actually sticking around. The fans are actually into the game. There's music playing. There's, you know, it. there's a different vibe around this team, and obviously winning cures a lot of things. I mean, they're, they're playing really well. They're winning big games. But there, there just seems to be a di- different feeling around this team, and, and part of it is the talent. I mean, I don't know where you could point to uh, a big weakness on this team. I mean, going into the season, it was the offensive line, and the offensive line actually is playing really well. And about every position on the defense is, is playing very well. The, the one thing, maybe kicker, the Quinn Ordean, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm over him. I, I can't stand him. He's <laughs> <laughs> the, the hype, the hype was not there. I mean, whatever. Just, just make your kicks and get off the field. But so overall, this team is—it's it, one of the more complete teams in the country. I think it is, and I, I'm a little. The only concern I really have right now is the injuries at the quarterback position. If Patterson goes down, I would have been pretty comfortable with McCaffrey, but with him breaking his collarbone, you know, I'm not sure what they got to fill in for Patterson if he gets hurt. I mean, I know that's that's looking at doom and gloom because Shea's not going to get hurt, right? He's going to lead them to. The final four, right? Exactly. Convince exactly. me. Convince but, me. I mean, the the one thing would be, I mean, Brandon Peters, he did get some significant snaps last year. So as far as, like, experience goes, you know, you would think Peters would be the guy to come in. But the one thing that I was talking to some buddies about is I don't know how Peters is running the read option. And the read option coming into this offense for Michigan has been a huge wrinkle for them. I mean, that, is, that has changed their offense. Oh, yeah. Running the read option. And McCaffrey came in and he he was running it really well. He was cooking down the sidelines a couple times. I mean, showing some like track, you know, hundred meter dash type speed. So I don't know if Peters can do that. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Joe Milton, the freshman, comes in oh, and God. you know he can you know he can maybe run some some read option and stuff. So you know they. Yeah, this is all stuff that's like doom and gloom. We don't really need to focus on that. Let's just keep Shea Patterson out. Yeah, it's a, it's extremely doom and gloom. We lose Shea Patterson, we lose the season. <laughs> just simple and plain. And you know who I'm actually surprised, like, didn't lose their season completely? It's Michigan State. I mean, Brian Lewerke, he didn't really do anything uh, against Maryland this past weekend. And as we actually talked about, like, Maryland's complete train wreck. They, hired, they like, reinstated their uh, DJ Durkin, then they fired him, like, a few minutes later. What do you guys think of that whole hiring of dj durkin tim tebow giving a whole social media rant then they fire dj durkin because all social media what do you guys think of that whole just storyline that happened at maryland well, well i think i think where they completely went wrong they should no way have brought him back this season i mean they should have just let it ride out the whole season what canada had a five and three record going to that game i mean whoever made that decision to bring him back at that point of the season they ought to be fired you know, that was my viewpoint on that. To get rid of him the next day, I mean, that's just a mind-blower. Yeah, it, it reminds me of, like, when you see a, a business post, like, an ad on social media or even a commercial or something that, that ends up being, that comes across as, like, racist or something like that. And you wonder, like, how did this get through, you know, all the steps that it needed to to be approved, and then now it's getting all this backlash and it's going to be taken off social media or TV or whatever. That, that's what I wonder is, like, who... 
who said it was okay to bring DJ Durkin back when he's he's a mediocre head coach? It's not like he's winning the Big Ten. It's not like he's turning Maryland around. And then all of a sudden, yeah, a couple social media posts and some other people come out and say it was a bad idea, so they fired him. Well, some of the players did. It, it was walk just really out. strange. Some of the players did walk out when they got the announcement, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Some of the players, and then like the next day, there was a fight during practice between two punters there's who were supporting Durkin and players who were like opposing Durkin. So, yeah, that's just a mess. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it was just like the perfect chance to let him go. Like I said, if he was if he was really turning Maryland around, if he was contending for the Big Ten, and he looked like he was like going to really turn Maryland into a power in the Big Ten, okay, maybe you try and bring him back. But to me, this was just like the perfect chance. One, because it seems like he's like running a bad program, but also because he's not that great of a head coach. So just let him go. Let me ask you this, though. You know, with the tragedy that they had, and he wasn't there when that happened. I mean, didn't he get kind of, I mean, we can throw on the table that we don't think he's a good coach or he's not the answer, but didn't he get a raw deal for losing his job for that whole thing? Or, or what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't think he got a raw deal. I mean, you hear stories of him, like, forcing – players to like eat Twinkies while the rest of the players like run wind sprints and yeah I kind of like chuckle as I say that but that is like psycho yeah but what I mean is he wasn't he wasn't directly involved in the death of that player he wasn't even there was he I mean I guess I'm not 100% sure I thought he was the head coach when that happened. no he was a head coach but he wasn't there on the field at practice is what I'm saying no, and that that was the, whole, the strength coach is the one that also kind of got to blame for this whole thing is because he was the one that was running that workout. Right. But isn't the saying, it, I mean, it's the problems start at the top? Yeah, I mean, I do understand it, but I, but I also understand that I think it's a it's, it's just a tad bit unfair to him. You know, I mean, he's going to have now this reputation that that happened under his watch, and and people that don't follow the program closely are going to think he was absolutely directly involved in it. And I'm just saying, you know, there, there might be two sides to the story there. The whole problem, the whole problem I had was him getting the job back at this point of the season. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be that he brought this culture in, you know, I mean, like yep. Jared said, it all starts at the top and I mean, he's the head dog, he's the head coach. And maybe this is the culture that he brought in. I mean, you had former Michigan players like Jabril Peppers talk about he, he was that way when he was a defensive coordinator at Michigan. So maybe this is the culture he brought into Maryland that and then it just, you know, kinda of went went really sideways on him and you know, so so who knows? It's kinda of like, you know, any head coach that when there's like, you know, boosters giving money to players, it's not necessarily the head coach doing it. But he's the one that's overseeing the whole program. He should know what's going on behind closed doors. Uh, you know, fair point. I mean, yeah, and and you and here, how about this for a little bit of a segue? Yeah, and and you mentioned culture. You know who's got a great culture? Michigan State. And you and you know who they? What we saw like just against the Maryland is that this team they're going to find a way to get to eight wins no matter what. And I don't know if you guys saw the call that happened when Connor Hayward broke off that big run. I mean, Michigan State had 260 yards rushing on the game. I mean, holy smokes. Right. But he, he broke through the line and the play-by-play. And, Ted, I want you to start using this on your play-by-play calls. As soon as he broke through the line, the announcer, open sesame. <laughs> I loved it. What a call that was. Was it Blaha? Blaha? No, it wasn't uh, Blaha. This was uh, – and here's a super niche comment. I only know him because he's in the Johnny Knoxville movie, The Ringer. He's like the <laughs> announcer in that movie. So, very niche comment. I don't know his name. I could look it up, but I'm calling on the phone, so I don't have a way to do so. But hey. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. This is something that annoyed me during the Lions game. Fox saying that the, that the coverage starts at 1130 for the Michigan State-Ohio State game. 
Does that annoy you like it annoys me? And I saw that promo like 400 times during the game. Yeah, I'd prefer to see him just say pregame at 1130, kickoff at noon. I mean, how hard is that? <laughs> it's champagne problems, but, man, it was driving me up a wall watching that game. you guys think that Michigan State has a chance to pull an upset over Ohio State? It would, it would really help out Michigan. It's a perfect win-win for us Michigan fans. If, Ohio, if Michigan State wins, Michigan wins uh, the Big Ten. Is it the e- the Legends or the East? We're on the East, right? Yeah. Yeah. Big Ten, we win the East. And then if, if uh, Ohio State wins, it just makes that Michigan versus Ohio State game like that much more. Hyped. Yeah, I, I, I prefer, and I hate to ever say I'd rather see Ohio State win, but I would prefer they didn't at this point. I'd like Michigan to keep their edge. You know, if they clinch the Big Ten East, I don't know. I just worry about the, they're still going to be fired up, obviously, for Ohio State. But if they're if it's both teams with one loss in that last game, man, tee it up, baby. Yeah, tee it up, and that, you know, it's. I, I said this to to some buddies when we were talking about this scenario. So, say Michigan State does win and Michigan clinches the Big Ten East this weekend mm-hmm. uh, with an Ohio State loss. You know, so how how would it feel to you guys if if that happens and Michigan goes to Columbus, loses to Ohio State, but still gets to Indy? You know, you still get to go to the Big Ten Championship, but you kind of got there on a you know a sour note losing to Ohio State. I kind of said it was like, I, I might edit this out, but I said it's like getting jerked off by a fat, ugly chick. <laughs> still feels pretty good, but it's, it's not as cool. <laughs> and that just kind of, that leads into a hypothetical that I kind of wanted to throw at you guys. So you said that, say that first off, that would just be the least hyped conference championship game of all time. Like a Northwestern versus a Michigan. Oh, just coming I'd up be so disappointed, really. <laughs> But let me ask you this as Michigan fans, and, and, I, and I would love to get your guys' thoughts on like, the college football. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this real quick, though. Yeah, I would ahead. not be disappointed in that at all. If Michigan's in the Big Ten Championship, I will take whoever they're playing. I don't care who they're playing. You'd, you're, you'd be okay with that and, and not make the, the, the Final Four? Aren't we geared? I mean, I'm geeked up for the college football playoff myself. I know you would think an old-school guy like me would be more fired up for a Big Ten Championship, but I'm not. I want to. I want them to have a crack at Alabama. It may not turn oh, out no, so well. I don't know. No, I do. I so, if, look. If you're ever going to do it, this is a Michigan team that can do it. That's how I see and, it. And, okay, so this is this is the hypothetical I was going to throw out there. Would you rather? So say that we went out, um, and say for some odd reason we get left out of the college football playoff with only one loss, and we win the Big Ten. So say we get left out of the college football playoff and we go to the Rose Bowl. Would you rather have that scenario? Or us make it into the college football playoff and play Bama uh, in the first game. It sounds like you're on the whole we, we want Bama train. I, I, I am a 100% on that train. I don't want to be left out of the playoffs with one loss. You know, we talked about it in our, our pre, pre-call about what if Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC title game and everybody else runs the table. There's a chance Michigan could get left out. Hopefully, like we said before, hopefully Bama just wins out and then that makes it easy on everyone. But if that scenario does happen that you just laid out, hopefully Notre Dame wins out and looks very impressive. So Michigan's loss to Notre Dame is looks like that good loss. You know, I mean that that's kind of what we're hoping for. And then and then maybe you know maybe Michigan beats Ohio State by twenty or thirty. So that looks really impressive that would look too. Good. I mean Michigan Michigan really has to put on a show against uh, Ohio State and in that Big Ten championship if they make it. Now, Jared, you did bring up a good qu- a good question. If Michigan runs the table, doesn't make the playoff, goes to the Rose Bowl, I'd look at that as, mm, okay, 
it's a it's a great season. That's a great consolation prize to go to Pasadena. But right now, I'm going to tell you right now, I am I am completely focused on watching Michigan make it to the Final Four. If they play Alabama in round one or in the championship, however it shakes out, let's do it. You know, they'd be a, probably a 14-point underdog, but hey, I'll take my chances. The, the point I was trying to make is, like, I, I, I'm 100% with you. I think this is a, I mean, it's the best Michigan team we've seen in a while. Maybe sure since, like, 2006. So, I mean, we need to, like, capitalize on this team and not, not waste this opportunity. But, like, I would be happy if they win the Big Ten and go, go to the Rose Bowl, win the Rose Bowl, because that's just, like, setting a foundation for going forward, given the fact that, we haven't even sniffed the Big Ten championship since it came around, and we haven't won a Big Ten championship at all in, I don't even know, like 14 or 15 years or something. So, like, to say, like, if we go to the Big Ten championship and win it, go to the Rose Bowl and win that, that it's a disappointing season, I think that's uh, being an arrogant Michigan fan that a lot of people around the country hate. Yeah, you, you convinced me a little bit. It'd still be, I, I guess it would be a successful season, especially what we talked about before the season began, but... You know, it's one of these things where it's right there for the taking. It's it's right there, and it's only four teams. If this was an eight-team playoff, a different story. But it, you know, you got to take advantage of it when you got the opportunity. Yeah, but if they if they win out, and if if Michigan takes care of all their games and just gets left out because of the committee, I mean that that's out of our hands. I mean, if Michigan whoops on Ohio State, whoops on whoever they play in the Big Ten championship, and then gets left out because of whatever the scenario is. Well, and that's kind of out of our hands. I mean, yep, that's true. Their business, like we need exactly. to. Exactly, and it's just a natural like kind of excuse. Like, if we would have been in the college football playoff, like we would have won it. You know what I mean? We could have had that <laughs> that fall back on, and, and, and that's uh, would have been good to fall back on if we end up seeing Alabama absolutely roll through the college football. Playoff. Now, now, Jared, you talked about you're drinking the maize and blue Kool Aid, but I I pick up on different things that I hear from you and see on Twitter. Um, you just think Michigan would have no chance against Alabama? I, I mean, how can you? I just how can you think that after watching them absolutely dismantle LSU? I know, I know. I, I'm telling you right now. Looking at Alabama, I mean, that could be the greatest college football team of all time. But in any single game with the talent Michigan yeah. has, I mean, you never know. Yeah, no, and and that's when the game would actually like come around. I would convince myself I would be 100 percent in on Michigan being able to pull the upset. But just me looking at it, where it's just like I, you just as a this is me trying to be non-biased, and I get what you're saying. Like if any team would be able to do it, it's like Jim Harbaugh, it's Shea Patterson, it's this defense. Like they'd be the ones that would just find a way to do it. Harbaugh but against Saban, oh my god! Just, but you just saw it. Like I feel like it was that same sort of storyline. Like if there was going to be any team that could do it, you see Coach O walking into the stadium giving fist pumps like to the uh, <laughs> trick daddy. Let's go! Like I just it's going to be the same sort of vibe, but it's just going to be Michigan fans getting laughed at on Twitter. You know, before before we get to NFL talk, Matt, you work for the SEC and ESPN. I mean, what what was the vibe from that game Saturday night with Alabama just dismantling LSU? I mean, to be honest, I think most people expected that to happen. Maybe not like that big of a win for Alabama, but everyone in the office, everyone, even there, a lot of LSU alums or LSU fans are on the office. They were saying all last week that they didn't think LSU had a chance, and I guess that's that's what I think is. LSU was number five going into that game. They were really they were playing well, but I don't think their offense is as dynamic as Michigan's potentially can be. I think Burroughs, their quarterback, isn't the quarterback that Shea Patterson is, and I think that would that would be the big difference to me if Michigan ended up playing Alabama. But I mean, I, th- I think 
a lot of people around the office are puffing their chest out and, and rightfully seeing Alabama, like you said, they look like they could be maybe the best college football team of all time. Yeah, they look good. I think Michigan's defense would be the best defense that Alabama has faced. LSU's defense is really good, but I think Michigan's is better. And, I, I mean, I th- that pass rush, especially if Gary is healthy, even if he's only playing limited snaps like he was last Saturday, I think they would put pressure on Tua, and I, I do think Michigan could give Alabama a little bit of trouble. Yeah, and they have a, that Michigan secondary is a little bit underrated, too. I think they're playing very well. You know what was, like, cracking me up during that game when they were talking about uh, just, like, the LSU defense and stuff? Uh, Gary Danielson and I can't think of the other announcer, the CC announcer, is they were talking about Devin White like he was, like, the second coming of Jesus. Like, in the second half. Like, just get to the second half. Like, this middle yeah. linebacker, this defensive player is going to be able to make the difference. Like, I get painting that picture if it's, like, Tua. But it's, like, coming in in the second half, like a quarterback or, like, a star running back. But it's, like, a defensive player. There's only so much you can do. So I was just getting a kick out of how much they were piping up Devin White. Like, it was like they were re- releasing the Kraken, like, in the second half. <laughs> and it just wasn't that at all. Like, it stood no chance. That game was over five minutes into it. Yeah, I, I actually quit watching it. I went to bed before it was over. You didn't DVR it? Ugly. Didn't even DVR it. It was, it was done. You know, what my, you know what my dream college football scenario would be? So Georgia beats Alabama. Yeah. Somehow Alabama gets left out, Michigan gets in. Alabama then plays UCF in some sort of New Year's Six Bowl and just kicks their dicks in. I cannot stand <laughs> how UCF claims like that 2017 championship. Schedule Alabama. Like, somehow the, 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 the stones perfectly fell and Alabama played UCF. Oh, my. That would be my most looked forward to game of the entire bowl season. It would, they be would ugly. absolutely destroy them. It would be ugly, I think, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, people are saying, like, you know, you can only play who's on your schedule, which is definitely true. You can only play who's on your schedule. But, I mean, when they're giving up, like, 500 yards or whatever they did to Temple and, you know, some of the other teams that they've played, I, you never know. you, you got to play the game, you know, the whole any given Sunday type of thing. But I just I don't think that UCF has the athletes to even hang with maybe Wisconsin. You know, I don't right. know. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> Did you guys happen to see, and this is uh, maybe was or was not me that broke this news. I cannot confirm my identity, but Brandon Marshall, he was seen at, he was seen at a, at a uh, airport in Detroit, and I reported this, that he was going to work out for the Detroit Lions. It's so de facto, I tweet at Mike Sullivan. He comments at it, laughing at me, saying, oh, do you limo driver confirm? I tweeted at Adam Schefter. I tweeted at Bob just because I didn't know who else to tweet it at. And little do we know, Brandon Marshall, he worked out for the Lions today. Or it was either, yes, today. Now, whether or not that will help them, as we saw, they are absolutely horrible. But I just want to say, I tweeted a live news story. I I felt awesome. Hold that. journalist move. Hold that thought. We'll talk a little Lions and a little bit more about that. But first, I want to tell our listeners about Rivals Tap House and Grill. That's the local spot here in mid-Michigan to catch up with all your friends. Catch your favorite sporting events on their 21 TVs, weekly food and drink specials, including great burgers, wings, and pizza. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. So so Marshall was in town, and you broke the story, Jared. Yes. Uh, but they didn't sign him. 
no, you know, it probably didn't go well. So I had a couple of buddies that were actually at the airport going to visit one of my friends down in Minnesota, and they saw him, and they messaged it to me. And here's where, like, I can see how people make mistakes. Like, I had the rush of, like, breaking news. I tagged the wrong Brandon Marshall. I tagged the linebacker for uh, the Denver Broncos. <laughs> I was getting roasted on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, to, to that point, yeah, I, there was a year or two ago, I think it was when Matt Barnes, the the basketball player, used to play for the Lakers um, and a bunch of other teams, when he, like, almost got in a fight with Derek Fisher or something. All of a sudden, I, like, when that happened, I had, like, a hundred notifications on Twitter because people were tagging me as Matt Barnes (laughs) was trying to get in a fight with Derek Fisher. So, yeah, when you're you're trying to break news and and be that guy that goes viral, make, make sure you tag the right person. Yeah, so hand up on that one. It just the the rush of breaking news got to me, but man, I've never been more disappointed as a Lions fan than I was watching that game yesterday. Wasn't that pathetic? <laughs> I was. I actually started dying laughing every time they they gave him a sack. It was like uh, this Vikings defensive line. They're they're all chiseled, absolutely just like made out of glass and this Lions offensive line they got guys with like handlebar mustaches and just beer cups. <laughs> it was just like a varsity versus a it was a varsity team versus a JV team is what you saw out there on the field well I'll tell you Stafford took a beating uh he was probably responsible himself for maybe three of the sacks not getting rid of the ball early enough I mean he had a, an errant pitch late in the game it was just a total awful effort by the whole team and you know they fired their special teams coach today they cut Abdullah today. You know, they're trying to make some moves, but right now it seems to me like uh, this is a desperate team that really still has no clue what's going on. It goes back to the culture thing. I, I just, I, I really think that there is, whether you bring in Bob Quinn and you bring in a new head coach, I don't know what it is, man. There's just a losing culture around the Detroit Lions. And, and I mean, there's, they have talent. There's been years that they've had a ton of talent. And, you know, coming into the season, they actually had a pretty talented roster. They just can never, like, put it all together because it seems like once things, like, start going awry or say they start losing, it just starts to snowball. And, you know, I don't know. I've, I'm, I've said it multiple weeks. I'm multiple pods. You know, I'm, I'm still a big Stafford fan. But, I mean, even this season, he hasn't looked all that, like, really engaged. Like, he doesn't look like he's having the fun like he used to. Yeah, I mean, and you t- you talk about the culture with the Lions. It, it is so evident right now. I mean, they had a couple of decent games. I mean, they beat the Patriots for crying out loud. And, you know, you would think a good organization, let's look at the Rams, for example, of what they've done. You know, they got a couple key players in, and then, you know, they got a good young coach, and, and they just, even though they're coming off a loss to New Orleans who played lights out, I mean, that's a franchise that has things going in the right direction. The Lions just can't get that consistency and continuity. I mean, it's it's the SOL year after year, you know, and it's almost, Lion fans, how much, how passionate can they be moving forward, you know? Well, you know what, you say passionate. Did you see the stat that we have the 23rd highest blood alcohol, average blood alcohol level at uh, Lions games in the entire NFL? The 23rd highest. Now, first of all, how, how, where's that stat come from? I think it's like when cops like uh, give a breath, breathalyzer test to fans like when they think they're drunk. Okay. Um, that's how they – so we're 23rd. Like that just shows you how big of a joke our fans are. So don't sit here and say, oh, woe is me, the whole woe is me Lions fan routine. When we got fans like you who go to the Tigers game 
and they tailgate and they have a great time and then they decide not to drink anymore so they can drive home later. You need to burn the boat, you need to buy a hotel room, you need to get loud, you need to drink your beers, you need to cheer loud. That's what we're not getting at Lions games right now. And I don't blame the team for looking the way they look. You got sober, you got me in there, super sober guy, and you got watching the game, not rude, not giving this team any blood. So, so you think the key is uh, being all liquored up then, huh? I think it makes for better fans, yes. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, I, did I, see I, that, agree? I did see that the number one team on that list was the Cowboys, and that franchise being America's team might be the biggest joke in all of sports. So They're, they're right with but, the Lions right now. Yeah, they, they really almost are. They, you know, uh, yeah, so that's just my kind of two cents. You guys know how I feel about the whole Detroit, like, fandom in general. I think we got good fans, but I think we kind of overhype ourselves a little bit, like how loyal of fans we are, you know? Yeah, but, you know, here we are, we're talking about the Lions. The fans really don't have anything to do with it, really. I mean, it's just a shit product they got right now. Oh, I think I, I mean I, I don't know if this is the route you were going, but I think fans can can definitely have a, a positive effect on a team. I mean, if I mean like to to Jared's point, like if the the environment, if the fans are really into it, they're rowdy and everything. I think that can have a positive impact on a team. Yeah, but don't you think the players and the and what the product they put on the field really has an effect on the fans? I mean, I know you may it, it sounds like they're front runner fans because they get excited when they're winning. Well, that's what it's all about. Well, do you think yeah. that those LSU fans lost any of their heart during that Alabama game? They were still loud. They're oh, still they were not. They were quieted down. Are you kidding me? I, will I, I think college hurt. football is different, too. College it football is. fans it are is. a little different than NFL. Good point, Matt. It is. But did you guys, and here's kind of a funny note, just kind of, you know, the glass half, half full approach. Did you guys see when uh, they returned the fumble for a touchdown? And maybe the only pancake that occurred on the field all day was when defensive lineman pancaked Ragnow like after <laughs> 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 I just thought, how ironic. Can I ask you guys, let me ask you guys this question, though. Like, how come we don't make, like, defensive linemen, like, body type and, like, athletic attributes? Like, why don't we make that, like, our offensive linemen? You know what I mean? Like, why are our offensive linemen, like, fat and slow? Like, why is that the natural? Like, doesn't it just seem to make more sense to put, like, a defensive, you see those defensive linemen for the Vikings, like, just absolutely chiseled. Why don't we have those guys in the offensive line? It's worth a try. Maybe the technique is different, so they need to have a stronger base or something like that for, for pass blocking. You know, who knows? But I have thought about that. Like, think about a guy like J.J. Watt or something, like being an offensive tackle. Oh, yeah, yeah he'd it, be an animal. It just kind of seems like it's just an excuse for, like, offensive linemen to eat. Like, we've all been around those offensive linemen when we played high school football. Like, it's just because they're an offensive lineman, they give themselves, like, an excuse to, like, eat whatever they want and like eat mcdonald's like no you should be absolutely ripped like the defensive lineman we see in the nfl yeah i, I wasn't watching the game because i was i was on vacation i was out of town so i wasn't watching the lions but it was one of those like i i would hop on up on the app and like check the score the box score and and get some texts from friends and stuff and it was I, I was glad i wasn't watching to be honest with you i mean this is this is like the first season that in I mean uh, in a long time I'll still watch when I can. I mean I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not going to watch the Lions I'm still going to watch but I'm I don't know they they've got me pretty like uninterested in this team to be honest with you yeah and it's it's fallen pretty quickly too I mean that that was a joke against New Orleans and uh, you know they got Chicago coming up in Chicago at Soldier Field that's that's not looking too good no and and we talked about it earlier in the podcast what was our one goal just make it to thanksgiving give us something right. to watch like something to root for on thanksgiving and we didn't get it no we just didn't get it 
It's, unless they pull some miracle and win Sunday. Yes, that's true. But Matt, you mentioned, uh, and I kind of want to talk about this for a second. You, this is your second time going to Disney World, like in the past six months. Am, am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we've gone twice this year. Yeah. Some now, I wouldn't. I'm not saying that this is me, but some might call that kind of a psychotic move. I got to be honest, man. I'm I'm all on the Disney train. I mean, obviously, Mickey okay. Mouse pays my, pays, you know, signs my paychecks, you know, every two weeks. So that that's part of it, but. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Plus, you got a young daughter. That's why not take your daughter to Disney, right? Got the young daughter, and you know, it's honestly, man, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't know, the rides are fun. You know, the shows are fun. It, it, it's really cool. Ted, have you ever gone to Disney World? I feel like you've never been there. Have no, you? no, no. I've been there a co- at least a couple times. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I just remember my dad. Like, it seemed like. Like I said, I kind of know. Like I've always kind of mentioned, like he sort of seemed like kind of like the box checker. Like, oh, we got to go to one Lions game, we got to go to one Tigers game, we got to go to Disneyland once. Right. Like you take us to Disneyland, and like I said, he played Indiana Jones. I said this on the podcast before. Like that just rocked my world. Like it, it really is awesome for kids. So Matt, my one thing I will say to you, like do something like Indiana Jones that your daughter will remember, because that still <laughs> blows my mind thinking about it. <laughs> No, when you when you said that uh, last week, uh, I, I thought about that, and you know, I thought like if we go do Indiana Jones, I'm gonna have to volunteer to go up there because, because yeah, I mean, uh, you know, your kids would love seeing that like you did. You, you're still talking about right. it. What, twenty years later? It, yeah, it'd be an awesome pod story too. We could get the inside scoop. <laughs> no, I mean Disney. It, it's just a good time because you know it's the happiest place on earth, as everyone says, and you know you do get the people that are kind of like rushing around and trying to go crazy and like bumping into everyone because it's so busy but you know the the food is great and you know the entertainment is great and everything's so clean and nice and yeah weather is good we did we got rained on a little bit but overall the weather is nice you know buy a couple drinks when you're walking around the park and stuff it's uh it it's a really good time yeah i'm on matt's side on that one jared I mean, this is, I haven't got, like, I just always kind of pictured it as, like, a, a once-in-a-lifetime, like, trip. You know what I mean? Like, not something that you do over and over again. Well, but most, pe- also, most people couldn't afford to do it over and over again, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, Matt, Mr. Moneybags. It is pretty pricey. Um, I mean, I, I will say, I mean, I said that, you know, Mickey Mouse signs my paycheck. We do get quite a, some really good perks. I get into the parks for free. Uh, we get, the, the discounts kind of change, but we get a discount on the food and the hotels and stuff, so... So that definitely helps because yeah, if I don't know how some families can afford it because I think it's like 140 bucks per person to get yeah. into the park. Right. I mean, if you've got a family of five, that's you know you're running like six, seven hundred bucks just to get in, and then you're paying for a hotel, you're paying for food, you know. So so yeah, I, I definitely I we we take advantage of the the perks that I have uh, through work. Did you go on the little would... people big world ride? <laughs> Which one? The little like, little people. Little People, Big World. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, the, yeah, the, it's a small world. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's a small world. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, I like you had to. Thing is, yeah, that that's like one of the classic rides that you got to go on when you go to Disney World, but because it's been there a long time, that that ride is actually like really creepy. Uh, what my my brother-in-law Jason, he has talked about it before when we've gone. That he he almost like doesn't like going on it because you're going really slow. You're on this little boat. And all these like little people are spinning around and blinking at you, and uh, it's a small world song is just playing on over loop. and over. And it's it's actually creepy to the extent that like it would be the perfect setting for a horror movie if all of a sudden like these little people had like knives and like came alive or something like that. Ooh, I like that. 
be freaky. Uh, just the reason I bring up that ride is because I remember one day it was like it was just an absolute dreadful day at Disney. It was like raining, downpouring, and I just remember a little peek behind the Fatel family vacation. We went on that ride probably five or six times in a row just to stay dry. Yes, and just because there was no line and everything, like, so yeah, a ton of fun. I love that ride. What's your favorite part of Disney, Matt? I mean, I, I think it's cool, like seeing, you know, seeing now that I'm now that I have a daughter, seeing her reaction, like meeting that meeting Mickey and Minnie and meeting the princesses and stuff. I think that's really cool, and I think it like it's actually impressive to me how in character these people are, like. The people, just for example, Aladdin and Jasmine say, like, they think they actually are Aladdin and Jasmine. Like, even when you ask them, like, what they're doing, they talk like they're in the movie. Like, uh, Moana is a, my my daughter was Moana for Halloween, so she was really excited to see Moana. And, like, when you go and ask employees if the princesses or whoever's going to be there, when we're going to be able to meet them, they don't just say, like, oh, they're going to be here in five minutes. Like, when I asked if Aladdin was going to be there, they said, like, yeah, Aladdin and Jasmine are going to be flying in on their carpet in 15 minutes. Like, <laughs> like everyone that works at the parks, like, buys in to keeping it authentic for the kids. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. It's the happiest place on earth, no doubt about it. I will say this, Jared, I, it, and it would be a legitimate trip for you um, and, and some of your buddies, you know, but before you, before you settle down and, you know, you have some kids and stuff like that. I went out to L.A. to Disneyland with, with some friends, I don't know, like five or six years ago, and... That park is a little more like, I mean, there is still all the kids stuff and stuff like that, but there's a lot of, like, there's bars around the campus, like, around the, the park. There's places that you can buy drinks and walk around and stuff, and there's music. There's an ESPN zone, and there's stuff like that. And then you're in L.A., so you can, like, go and do other stuff on the beach. That's actually, like, a pretty cool trip if you could ever uh, swing that. Chicks? Single chicks? Nope. Well, I mean, when we went, there was a lot of other, like, college age or you know like mid-20s girl there same group as us we ended up like hanging out with some and there you go jared so that would, that would like be a legitimate trip what it sounds like to me <laughs> it might it probably is that too <laughs> not that i would have any luck with it but you know it, it, wishful thinking good spot though to tell everybody about the corona connection that's a publication founded to create a platform for corona residents and students to connect View the entire Corona Connection paper online every month at coronaconnection.com. And also, uh, Corona Public Schools, very proud of their organization over there for sure. Join their winning team today. Find out why nearly 40% make it their school of choice, whether young or old. It's great to be gold. Well, you get, you know, guys, the Lions played on Sunday, but I actually had a chance to uh, take in a movie, a, a 12 noon matinee on Sunday. You know what I saw, right? I'm dying to hear this review. You want you want my you want my official review? Yes. Yeah, we want this. We want the Siskel and Ebert the the official review. All right. Well, I'm going to give it to you. All right. So, like I said, went. To, I should set the stage a little bit too. You know, I saw just so you know here, I saw Queen three different times with Freddie Mercury, and I saw Queen also with Adam Lambert back in 2017. But in the mid to late <laughs> 70s, what a gloss over. <laughs> well, get this. The first time I saw Queen, I was up at CMU, right? And uh, a couple of my buddies from the Detroit area, I had the car. And they says, hey, let's go check out Queen tonight over at Saginaw. I says, okay, let's let's do it. So we drove over to the Saginaw Civic Center. And uh, it was Queen. Bob Seger was the opening act. Uh, this is a blast from the past for somebody in my generation. It was a brass ring production. The tickets were five fifty a piece, five dollars and fifty cents a pop. Okay, 
here's the here's the segue on that story. So we drove from CMU over to Saginaw, and then coming home, I, I must have had a, a couple too many pops, and I, I let my buddy drive my car. And we're driving through St. Louis on M46, and we get pulled over. Okay. We're pulled over. The cop comes up. He grabs the registration. He says, uh, Ted, is this your car? I said, Yep, yep. I said uh, I had a little too much to drink. My buddy's driving. He's cool. Can I said he says, "Well, can you come back here?" And so I go back and he says, "Hey Ted, uh, I don't know if you recognize me. I'm Jim Post. We played basketball against each other. He he was a guard for St. Louis." And <laughs> so he just said, "Hey, you know, take it easy and uh and just keep it safe all the way back home." So that's my little story there. That just kind of sets up the review. I'm a humongous Queen fan, as you guys know. All right, so I go to the movie, go with my wife, and the, you know the, the movie begins in 1970 with a, a young Freddie. He's hanging out with his family. Freddie's played by a guy named Ram, Rami Malek. Okay, and first thing you see is Freddie. He's he's flamboyant, and he's got a mouth he's got a mouth full of too many teeth. Okay, that's the first thing you notice. Well. They segue from that opening scene to uh, he goes to a London bar and there's a band playing there. The name of the band is called Smile. And it just so happened that the lead singer quit. So Freddie joined up and the rest, they say, is Queen history, right? So as the movie moves along, it chronicles the band's history. The climax is really unbelievable. It's epic comeback performance at Live Aid in 1985. They performed at Wembley Stadium. Some of the positive notes I have from that movie, guys, I give it A plus to the casting of Freddie Mercury. That dude, Rami Malek, he is, you believe you're seeing Freddie Mercury. I mean, he had everything down. Freddie had a way of, of carrying the mic stand, you know, and prancing around the stage. He was just an incredible front guy for a band. That you got to give hype. High marks to that, the casting of him, and also the overall casting of the rest of the band. A guy named Willem Lee, he plays Brian May, the lead guitarist, looks just like him. Ben Hardy plays the drummer, Roger Taylor, and my wife Lana, I mean, I couldn't believe it. She crushed and fangirled on him. She said, he's the cutest dude I've ever seen. So that says a lot. Uh, Also, the guy that plays the bassist, John Deacon, spot on. The costuming of the movie... Very good. Captured the era, uh, at least what I remember of that time frame. And uh, and the music, okay, the music was awesome. I mean, when you go to a movie theater and can hear it through their surround sound speakers, that's the way to do it. You know, don't wait to see this movie at home. Go to a theater. Now, one of the negatives, I will have, there is some negatives. Early on in the movie, they were showing a lot of close-ups of Freddie's mouth and his buck teeth. <laughs> was just a bit overbearing. I mean, they were just focusing on those fake buck teeth. Now, he did, did I don't know if you know this, he had four extra teeth in his mouth. Were you aware of that? I did not. I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and you know, he was always asked, why didn't he get his teeth fixed? And he was always worried that it might affect his voice. So, hey, that's why he had the big gappers there in the front. Also, the script. The script in the movie, it was a little weak. I mean, they were trying to condense all the details of Queen's rise, you know, from student gigs to sold-out stadiums in just a quick, you know, thumbnail sketch, and I thought they could have played on that a little bit more in depth, maybe. Also, I thought they focused on uh, his, in quotations, girlfriend, Mary Austin, and, and by the way, she was the love of his life, but, you know, Freddie was gay. Did you know that? Yeah, 
For some reason, that feels like something I knew when I was like five years old. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke there. Also, the big climax was the band's appearance at Wembley Stadium, as I mentioned. A 1985 Live Aid concert to end worldwide hunger. I mean, this is the part that really grabbed me. I mean, I got chills. And to be honest with you, I almost got misty-eyed watching their recreation of this gig. When we got home, you know, I turned on the Lions. It was a disaster. So I told my wife, I said, hey, let's YouTube that final set from uh, Live Aid. And we put it on. And I'm, t- I'm telling you, it was, it was a dead nut recreation. I mean, it was, it was exact. I mean, they had it down to a T. So... You know, I wouldn't really pay a lot of attention to all the bad reviews on this one because despite its flaws and some of the fact fudging for any Queen fan, a must-see. And and like I said, I'll probably go see it again. I'm going to go watch it on an IMAX screen with their big speakers. Uh, My final score out of 10 doobies, 10 being the most, I'm going to say eight doobs and a one-hitter on this one. (laughs) Nice. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. I mean, really, it, it, it was a little nostalgic, to tell you the truth. You know, because I am so in tune with with Queen, and there was some weaknesses, like I mentioned in the script. But I mean, it was well worth it alone to see the dude play Freddie Mercury, and it really was a Freddie Mercury movie. I mean, you know, they touched on the other band members, but it was his deal. You know, I don't know if Sasha Baron Cohen would have done better. I I, I don't see how. I think it would have been a whole different take. And I, I will share this with you, Jared. You know, uh, my brother George, obviously your uncle. I remember when he was in eighth grade. You know, and I was just in co- first year of college, I think, and uh, I was a huge I was a huge Queen fan at that time, and uh, I, George was was playing my album over and over, and he kept playing Bohemian Rhapsody, and and I said, you know, hey, hey George, you know, they got a lot of, a lot of other great songs too. So uh, one question I was going to ask is, you know, I, I mentioned before, like Walk the Line was one of my favorite music movies or whatever you want to say, and in that movie like Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon, they actually sang in that movie. So was that the same in this one? Like the, the actors were actually singing or, you know? No, no. They, I, I think he sang a little bit, but there's this dude out of Canada. I, I don't have the name in front of me, but he, there, I, I think I shared something on Twitter or Twitter or Facebook. And this dude sang Bohemian Rhapsody sitting at a piano and you think you're listening to Freddie Mercury. Well, he did most of the singing himself and they lip synced it, but you, you, they really did a good job on the lip sync and you couldn't really tell. I mean, the concert scenes in the movie were just fantastic. I, I'm not going to lie. Like right before you gave like the whole review, you like the very first word, like sentence you said right off the bat, you said, okay, for here's, there's Freddie Mercury and he looks flamboyant and he's, got a picture with a little too many like teeth in it yeah i wasn't sure if you were referencing like him having too many teeth or him like making out with a guy so can you kind of clarify that i honestly don't know yeah well, i was hung up on that for like i was hung up on that for like five minutes there was a little bit of making out not much not overbearing you know and uh they did play on the gay scene obviously but uh the part i was talking about they fudged facts a little bit freddie never he ended up getting AIDS, you know, fairly, or he, they made the announcement he had AIDS just before he died, actually. And the, the way they played it out in the movie, they said that he announced it to his bandmates just before the Live Aid concert, and that was that was way off. They just did that to embellish. Oh, okay. So there, there were a couple things. I mean, that that's how movies usually go. They yeah. change things up a little bit. It didn't hurt. It didn't wreck it for me, though. Right, that right. I would like it as somebody who's not like the biggest queen guy in the world. Um, or do you think it really was just 
if you're a queen guy, like you're going to love this. If you're not, you're really not going to enjoy it. I think if you go to it, I think you'll probably enjoy it enough. I don't know if you'd give it as high marks as I did, obviously, because I lived it. But I think if you're, if you're a, a, a queen music fan, I think you'll enjoy it. I mean, I'd probably spend the five bucks and go to a matinee. Uh-huh. I, but if I was going to recommend it, I would. I wouldn't wait till it comes out on on uh, DVD. Yeah, I would go see it in the theater. I would suck it up and go. You know, and that kind of leads us into, you know, obviously the song Bohemian Rhapsody was a great one, and you know we talked about it a little bit. And what do you what do you think, guys? Can you nail down the top five songs of all times in your list? Like my songs are still changing right now, and like if I was to get my actual like top five, it would be. Like, it would be a list that would change in, like, three weeks. You know what I mean? That's kind of, like, where I'm at with music right now. Yeah, yeah. But I did want to – I will get my top five. I'm going to get my top five, like, songs of yesteryear. Sort of your generation, Matt's generation, my top five favorite songs just from the past. Start start with number five. Number five. Okay, this one's a bit personal, and so you shook me all night long, ACDC. The reason I like this one is because at my freshman year uh, high school dance, don't ask me why they were playing this song like in between Drake songs, but there was like a, a upperclassman girl, and that was the first time like I ever grinded with a girl. It was awesome. <laughs> so forever that song lives in. But that's why I like You Shook Me All Night Long. Just whenever I hear that song, it's when I think of a great memory in my book. Uh, number four, Dancing in the Dark, Bruce Springsteen. This song's a banger. I, I can really enjoy this song. Are you guys a Bruce Springsteen fan? Huge Bruce. Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite Bruce song? Uh, well, I did have on my list Born to Run. I mean, I, okay. I, I didn't make my top five, but it was in my honorable mention. That is a great one. So number three for me, uh, The Police, Every Breath You Take. I love that song. Just that guitar riff. I mean, how can you not just appreciate it? Obviously, it was remixed by uh, P. Diddy. I'm not sure which one of those I like better. Both of them are very good. And, and speaking of, like, remixes... <laughs> rapper remixes i'm 100 in on those so there's one that is like starship like built this city where the chorus goes like we built this city and then it's like the rap guy behind it he's like on on, on crime like on drugs <laughs> and i just i remember seeing that as like a first grader just loving that song and then number two tom petty uh learning to fly just a great song if you don't like tom petty i don't like you that's yeah. what i'll say about that one and this is one i'm a little bit embarrassed to admit this one uh, number one, Fleetwood Mac, Landslide. I mean, if you play that song, I'm going to get in my feels right immediately. Why would you be embarrassed to admit that? That's a, That's a great all-timer. song. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's got a negative connotation. Like you're, I don't know, you're like, you're like a sissy if you like Fleetwood Mac. A little too femmy? No. Uh. Yeah, I guess. Now nah, you, you know, music's music. You like what you like. And that's a, that's a great song, without a doubt. And, and Matt might notice I didn't really have any from his generation. Funny story about that, I remember my dad one time played, like, Smells Like Teen Spirit, like, over, like, his Amazon Echo in the house, and my mom just lost her mind. What are we listening to? Turn this garbage off! <laughs> and I kind of agreed with her. Everyone in the house, other than my dad, agreed with her, like, yeah, turn this off. So I'll tell you, I got, I got to give Not you some, pro- I got to give you some props on your list. That's pretty good. That's kind of classic rock stuff. It's all good stuff. I, I love some classic rock. Now, Queen, the Queen doesn't quite do it for me. I'm not a big Queen guy, but that's okay. It sounds like you are, and and that's why uh, I didn't go see that movie this weekend. But how about yeah, you? That's my list. How about 70s, you, Matt? 80s, 90s, right there. What do you got, Matt? I didn't necessarily go songs. It's always it kind of like what Jared was saying. It's always hard for me to nail down specific songs because 
I don't, you know, it changes with your mood or it changes with what you're doing, whether you're working out or you're kicked back having a drink by a campfire. You know, it, it always changes as far as famous songs. So I just went, I just went with my favorite, like, artists or bands, um, top five, and then you could almost pick any from these guys. Uh, Eminem, definitely. You know, that he was going through his, his heyday was when I was growing up. So, I mean, I would listen to Eminem anytime, no matter what, what the situation is. Bob Seger, uh, I'm a huge Bob Seger fan. We're going to see him in like two months. We're going to see him in a month and a half, so I'm pumped to see see him live because, I mean, I grew up listening to him with my parents and everything. Turn the page. Uh, Red, what's that? I said turn the page. What a classic song that is. Uh, yeah, you can't go wrong with that song or, I mean, really any Seger song, no matter what the setting, whether you're whether you're partying or whether you're trying to, to set the mood, you know. You could, you could definitely listen to some Bob Seger. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm a huge Chili Peppers fan. I, I I've got to see them live before they before they hang them up because I love I love I mean almost every Chili Pepper song I could listen to uh, and I've I've recently this might be a little uh, bandwagonish but I've become a pretty big Blake Shelton fan um, so I I mean like I've really started listening to a lot of his stuff even his older stuff that is not as mainstream as uh, as his new stuff is but I'm I'm a big Seeger fan or uh, Blake Shelton fan so so yeah any Eminem and then and, you know, and now that I'm saying this, I, I left off Justin Timberlake. I, I can listen to any Justin Timberlake song. So, so yeah, that, that's that's my list right there. He's and then, talented. You know, that's a great list right songs. there. I mean, take any of those. Justin Timberlake, I mean, Blake Shelton, I saw him live. Uh, you put the her in her. That song's incredible. <laughs> but I will say this. Uh, the Red Hat Chili Peppers, my only really, like, dabbling with them was in when they performed at Super Bowl halftime show. And I have to say, Matt, I, I was not a fan of their halftime performance at the Super Bowl. I can't, I'm trying to remember. What, how long ago was that? Because I, I, I do remember them performing. They, they weren't the main act. I was going to say, yeah. With, uh, who was it that they played with? It would have it been three or four years ago. It wasn't too long ago. I, I've heard they're really good live. But now that you say that, I do remember them getting kind of ripped for that halftime performance because people said it wasn't all that good. Mm-hmm. But I'm a big fan. I, I like the Chili Peppers a lot. Well, I did make a list, and, and like you said, it, it can vary. It was very tough to pick my top five, but I'll I'll, I'll do it anyway. Number five, I'm going to go to the Beatles. Hey Jude, I mean, I, kind of along your lines, dancing, Jared. Back in our day, we didn't do the grind, but we slow danced with the chicks, and that was a that was a good slow dance song in in middle school era. So, Hey Jude, number five. This might surprise you. Number four, uh, I love this song, and it, it's probably his best in my opinion. Billy Jean by Michael Jackson. I mean, I love that song. Um, uh, yeah, not, not one of my personal favorites of Michael Jackson, but I do like Michael Jackson. So Okay, fair enough. Number three, The Eagles, Hotel California. I think that's just a tremendous song. Top two. Number two, Led Zeppelin, Cashmere. You know what song that is? I have heard that. Check it uh, out. It's I'm actually the theme song of my other radio show, The Sports Forum. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And then number like one, that. number one, I am going to go with Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a must listen to whenever it's on the radio. Crank it up. Got to do the Wayne's World head bounce when it gets to that part. Uh, I did, you know, it is so tough to nail down a top five, but some honorable mentions I did have. I mean, you guys might not know some of these songs. Smoke on the Water, you got to know that one. Oh, yeah. Deep Purple. Yeah. I mean, you got to throw some out for the Rolling Stones, uh, "Sympathy for the Devil" and "Paint It Black." Both those songs are classic. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, Springsteen, uh, you know, "Born to Run," uh, "Steppenwolf," "Born to Be Wild." How classic is that song? 
Okay. You got it. And you, you mentioned Eminem. I love Lose Yourself. That's just a great song. He has many great songs. This one really fits into today's day and age. Kind of a nice nice fit with uh, the Rock the Vote today and what's going on in our world. You know, we talk about politics and, and things going on in the world. But Marvin Gaye, What's Going On? That's just a tre- song. tremendous song. And yep. maybe, the, maybe the greatest song of all time. Possibly didn't make my top five, but John Lennon and Imagine. If you ever listen to the lyrics of that song, phenomenal. You know what I did That's notice a great like, that I, I I was like, see, when I was thinking about these songs, I went back and listened to a lot of them, and I started watching some like nineteen eighties music videos. You know who had some great music videos? Journey. Oh yeah. <laughs> Faithfully, uh, separate ways, just dynamic, Journey. absolutely dynamic. Journey had some awesome songs, man. Yeah, and that, especially some of the music videos back then were awesome because that, I mean that's when like music videos were actually a big deal. Now, I mean I, it's still crazy to think that people make music videos, but it's basically just like straight to YouTube. Right, right. Yeah, I mean I you know I'm old enough. I remember when MTV came out, and I could not wait for our cable system to get MTV, and it was like infatuation for probably a full year that that was the only thing that was on. On my TV, it was MTV all the time. It was awesome. And it was nonstop videos. That's all it was was I mean, videos. As big of a music fan as you are, I mean, it's it's the best of both worlds. You get to listen to music all day back when they actually used to play videos. Right, right. Fun, videos. fun fact, uh, they were the first TV station. This is what I learned in my News and Society class. They were the first TV station to specialize in what they uh, showed on TV. The oh. first specialized TV station. Well, there you go. And that was what? I think it must have been like the mid to late 80s when they debuted, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, what, Video Killed the Radio Star was the first song they played? Yeah, good one. That, yep. That's like one of those things that, like, it's like a trivia fact, but it's like everyone knows that. Right, fact. right. So. I'm curious, Greg, were you too young for TRL? TRL. Yeah, no, I like didn't. Total, know total Request TRL. Live on MTV? Yeah, no, I don't know what TRL is. What is Obviously, that? yes, you were. Ted, do you remember that? Yeah, I remember it. They had some pretty hot hosts, if I remember right. Yeah, well, well Carson Daly. Well, yeah. <laughs> now I wasn't going there, but yeah, he he hosted it for a while. Right, right. But yeah, that was just huge when I was growing up. You you have, you have, you have no idea what it is, though, Jared. No, I, yeah, no clue. Yeah, they would bring on uh, the popular acts of the day and do interviews and then play their videos, right? No, no, it was. I mean, it, I mean, kind of, but they. Every day they played their top ten music videos, and the way that they would rank the top ten is because this is this kind of like dates the show. You would have to call in. Oh, that's right. Oh, so it was it was Total Request Live. It was a live show in New York, and they would play the top ten music videos of the day. You know, by the fans' votes, and you could like you could go to the show and you know be in New York and be on the show, and and that's when shoutouts started. Like they would take the camera out into New York in the, in the um, Times Square and let people, like, give a shout-out. Hey, what's up? This is blah, blah, blah. I'm from Corona, Michigan, or, you know, whatever. Like, shout-outs, that's where that was invented or whatever. So it was really cool. And you felt like you were, like, a part of the show because you would call in and, and vote for, you know, whatever song you wanted to vote for. So that was really cool. That show, that, that show was huge, though. It was. Big deal. That sounds awesome. That, that Whenever I think of, like the whole shout out, this is a super niche comment to basically people that are 25 years and, uh, and younger and lives in Chiawassee County or the Flint area. 96.5. Every time they come back from a commercial break, 
like this is an impression of what the kid is. This is your boy Zach Conley from Eaton Rapids. This ninety six point five. This is exactly what I thought about. Like I said, there'll be a few select listeners that'll really appreciate that joke. <laughs> hey, by the way, we do have to figure out how we can get some participation on this podcast. We kicked around some ideas of uh, having uh, people actually participate audioly, right? And mm-hmm. we'll have to we'll have to. We'll have to meet on that and maybe make an announcement on an upcoming show on how we can get some people participating in this pod. Yeah, it'd be cool to, I mean, we've always thrown around, you can always, you know, tweet at us, email us, you know, comment on Instagram or, you know, whatever, you can do that. Um, but, yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool to, if someone had a thought on whatever, Michigan football or what they think should happen in the playoffs, uh, yeah, record something. You know, every phone has, has an app that you can record. Yeah, voice memo. And it are, yeah, so, I mean, you can record some, and we'll put you on the pod. I actually had someone that commented uh, they, they wanted to donate to Ted's uh, Viagra Fund. So Oh, okay. I'm not sure where that started, uh, but that was actually commented at me by a, by a listener. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that like a shot at how old I am? Is that the deal? Uh, that's what I didn't really get. It <laughs> came out of left field. I mean, so. I could take it if that's it. I, that No problem. I don't know. I I think we've, that's, that's why we I feel like Jared has, need to call our second. I feel like Jared has thrown the Viagra thing at you a few times. Yeah, he has, hasn't so he? Maybe that's, what, maybe that's what sparked is they heard me make a comment like that. But, yeah, that's why we need the caller segment. We need that that specific person who will not be named to leave a message about why he would like to donate to your Viagra fund. And, and we will play it on the pod. All right, that'll do it for now, guys. And just to all our listeners, share this three-point podcast with all your friends and subscribe on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, or TuneIn. Give us a rating. Fire off a comment on our podcast page. Follow us and comment on Twitter at 3PointPod. Hey, if you want to send a voice memo, send it over to us via email. We're at 3PointPod at gmail.com. And, uh, again, thanks to Corona Public Schools, Rivals Tap House and Grill, the Corona Connection, and Z92.5 The Castle. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan production. Until next time, thanks for listening to Three Point Podcast.